0: Load of Speakers of Eidlin is made possible by our generous patrons. Special thanks to our supreme and master speakers Omaji Cat Comet, Erizu Yamakawa, Circa Barrakeel, Alex Franco AV, Winebow Brood, Psyche, Asuta Starbreeze, Cleda's Oreo, Nina Grimm's Daughter, Nat Clay, Lily Black, Bob Cece, Mictor Rabentau, Sapa Chakwatol, Edwin, Arcadia Lunashine, Umbrel Wind, Quick Levin, Pamela Isley, Camille Grino, Elenriel Maximus, Coderith Novelist, Mira Miri, Bay Barbalay, Suno Chicano, Celestao Natrell, Lazy Boy, A. Abac- Dragon Knight, Luke Osborne, Pandaloo Storm Arrow, Tex, Kylin, AJ Brainswordson, Anathus Moonscar, Arthur Law, Beredan Derard, Cypup, Spencer Christmas, Noi Fafnir, Cheshire Saltieri, Celine De Lune, and and Wolf. Support the show and become a patron today at patreon.com slash speakersxiv. Thank you. This is Good evening, aorcians Welcome to Speakers of Feidl in episode 305. I'm Lukil Bravestone and I'm joined today by Georgi Wiston and Mela Vanadar. Rollo uh, is uh, late today, so we had to start without him. That means, essentially, we're, we're doing the show without Rollo today. I'm sorry. Um, we uh, It's June 25th, 2022. It's the last episode of June. Can you believe it? Uh, We are about to enter July. Um, (laughs) Halfway through the year. Yeah. Today's (laughs) episode, uh, we discuss uh, Vanadiel Part 4. That's the interview with Yoshi P and um, the 11 man, whose name always escapes me. So uh, you know who he is, man! Uh, Also, the European server expansion, as well as the Japanese server expansion, is about to happen with patch 6.18. So we'll talk about that. Uh, of course, we'll be reading Mogmail. slash mogmail and stay tuned for the poster. If you're watching live, we'll be answering questions from the syndicate. We have a channel update. Uh, this is a bit of a short notice, but um, if you, if you're a, an avid speakers of Heidelin uh, viewer, you you pro, or speakers viewer, you you're probably you probably know that around this time we do something special, uh, and that is. A 12-hour stream! That's right. Next week, Friday, uh, July 1st, we will do our yearly 12-hour stream. We will be starting with the live letter. So the live letter sort of kicks off the 12-hour stream, and from there, we just keep going. So that that starts at noon uh, BST. That's 1 p.m. Central European time. And that's like... I want to say when is it? Four a.m. Is it? Se- or is it six?
1: 6- four a.m. Pacific, seven a.m. Oh, sorry, Eastern. It's seven.
0: Oh yeah, four a.m. Eastern. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, no. Four right. a.m. Pacific, seven a.m. Four a.m. on the west yeah, coast. Yeah. yeah. yeah
2: seven a.m. on the east there you go
0: there you go that's very nice and messy there uh i should have we should have noted the the times but there you go we got the times it's when the live letter begins but we'll probably start a little bit before that obviously um okay there you go that's uh, so make sure you're there um it'll be or else it'll be or else or else let's jump into um recent events That's right. And in recent events, we'll start with the new, sorry, with the Endwalker EP. Um, that is available right now. Um, so six, sorry, five songs. Uh, Pilgrimage, Radiance, In the Balance, The Map Unfolds, and Hippo Riden. That is, of course, the the EP for 6.1. Hippo Raiden. Yeah,
1: I like how you said those songs. If people contextually know what they all are, well, they're the they're songs three... from Six
0: Point One, so you can you can figure yes. it out.
1: <laughs> well, the first three are from Aglaya. The map unfolds is um, Alzadar's legacy and hippo and I think is obvious.
0: Yeah, it's the Amelians' it? deliveries. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that is available now. Um, I think from various from various it's downloadable services. mini album so, um, so i know it's, not it's on amazon
1: no it's only it's only a digital download i know it's on amazon i'm not 100 percent sure of other services
0: right google music maybe, uh, maybe it
2: does. apple music probably
0: right mm-hmm. yeah um i'm sorry if you can hear my fan chat uh but uh i have to have it on it is Almost, it's been like we've been kissing the 30 degrees mark uh, today, so it's very hot. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, Crystalline Conflict Season 1 um, will be coming Ooh. to an end. Um, that might come as a surprise, or like a, not a surprise, but it might stress some of you, because at least it did to me, because I have been very relaxed uh, with uh, crystalline conflict recently. I haven't really done it much, uh, so um, this is a reminder that you should probably get back into that if you've uh, if you've had. Remember a-
2: this is is separate
0: to the the series.
2: Yes, that is true. That is true. Although this is obviously the best way of getting that, I don't. They're patch based, aren't they? Or Are every couple of patches. I think so. so.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. That's uh, not ending immediately. No,
0: no. Uh, so it says. I believe the comp- it is ending with
1: with six point two though. I think they already announced with six point
2: two. Yeah. But not with the end of the season. Yeah. So don't worry too much because I was thinking, oh god, I haven't bothered to get that outfit yet. Right. But mm-hmm. you've you've still probably got another good. Two, yeah, you, two. Have a,
0: you have a month or two, I think, to, to get it. But I'll read the, the post from the lodestone. The competition has been fierce, but Season 1 of Crystalline Conflict will soon draw to a close with the release of patch 6.18. Once the season has ended, players will receive rewards according to their overall rank and tier within, 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 within each data Ooh. center. The final results will be announced on Tuesday, 5th of July. So give it all, give it your all and prove yourself the fiercest fighter on the Crystal Line. So there you go. Uh, season 2 will begin so, with the release of patch 6. Point, wait, hold on. Season, oh, season 2 will begin with the release of patch 6.18. Upon the commencement of Season 2, you will be placed five risers below your final placement in Season 1 with zero rising stars. So uh, no sweet. change from. I
1: I <laughs> mm, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if that's necessarily going to place me that low.
2: No. If but, you want to do well, getting quick so you can get out of Bronze 3, because if you leave it more than a day, mm. you're going to be in Bronze 3 forever. True.
0: <laughs> true. 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 Yeah. So there you go. Um, get back to crystalline yeah. conflict, guys. This Balance is your, your PVP even further.
2: Well, they've done quite a lot. They've done quite a good job. But yeah. keep keep up with that yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. add new maps. Eventually, hopefully, mm-hmm. maybe one new that's map every patch. Yeah. That'd be nice. That would be Ooh,
1: nice. Oh, that's a bit generous.
2: Don't let it go to one map. Per... This is the only good PVP mode they've managed to come up with. Don't don't leave it in the dark too mm-hmm.
0: much. Mm-hmm. We'll see what they do. Um, Okay. uh, Housing. So. We can never solve sort housing in this game. Uh, And every time there's something here, I... I just think about how fucked the system is. But here we go. Revisions to housing ward classifications. To accommodate housing demand, the classification of wards dedicated to free company slash private plots will be revised. These changes will take effect with the commencement of the entry period beginning Sunday, July 10th, 2022 at 8 a.m. PDT. So, housing classifications for each role will be revised as follows. So, they are essentially decreasing the amount of FC wards and and converting them to private. So, previously, ward 1 through uh, 18 was free company housing. Uh, Now it is Ward 1 through 9. Um, that is that is the current company housing. Uh, mm-hmm. For private housing then, Ward 19 to 24 used to be um, private. Now it is 10 mm-hmm. to 24.
2: That's perfect. That's addressed the balance. And it's given oh, yeah. every FC plenty of time to get mm-hmm.
1: a plot. Yes, that's what I like about it as well. They did talk about how this was... The system was specifically designed so they could shift it relatively easily between the mm-hmm. two, depending on supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Now Good that
0: stuff. now that everyone has purchased all the plots as shell FCs, probably yeah. But oh, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, whatever we they're they're at least they're private now. Um, okay, we're still in Shirogane, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Housing areas for the four new worlds added to the European data center will be classified differently. Further details will be announced at a later date. So I think, I don't know if they talk about it. Yes, they do. So we're going to jump into that now, I guess, unless you have anything to add to this uh, mess.
2: No, no, no. I think this was that messy right
1: now. I think this is some of the cleanest it's been for a while. I understand what you're saying.
0: It's just in general, the system is a mess. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. moving on to what they were alluding to here. Um, European data center expansion. We will mention right off the bat that this is also happening to the Japanese data center, the the changes we have discussed previously with the. That's addition. not an
1: expansion, though. What was the word that they specifically use? Oh, I don't know. Um, maybe they did use expansion, think, but it's not an expansion.
0: It's like yeah, expansion. It's, it's just redistribution, oh, it's, really. It's more but, of sh- yeah, it's a redistribution. Yeah. yeah. But uh, okay. Um, But the European data center expansion, of course, is a big deal because we are getting Mm. new worlds. Um, So I'll read the post from the Lodestone. Producer and director Naoki Yoshida described a major server expansion of the European data centers in the announcement regarding the expansion of Final Fantasy XIV's operations. This expansion is planned to be carried out in two phases, the first of which will be covered in this post. Implementation of the first phase is scheduled to take place during maintenance for patch 6.18 on Tuesday, July 5th. Four worlds will be added in total, with two worlds being added to each data center as listed below. Oh so the names, names. New Worlds in the Chaos Data Center, Sagittarius yeah. I probably won't get on with anyone from that server. And Phantom. So yeah, that's, that's the new worlds there. And The new
1: Sagittarius of all zodiacs.
0: (laughs) Well, as a Leo, I'm not sure how I'll
2: fit in. But to be fair, it's better than them naming the server Cancer
0: or something. That's that's true. That's true. Um, All right. Phantom's a
2: really nice name. Yeah, Phantom is cool. Yes. We got the. Chaos got the best.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well. (laughs) New Worlds in the Light. Well, New Worlds in the Light Data Center. I think lights overall are better, to be honest. Yeah, they got Alpha. Maybe if you're Chad, I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and well, Raiden.
1: I mean, Alpha's a great character, Mela. That's Alpha true. Alpha is
2: a great character, but yeah. Raiden. Raiden just and reminds Alpha reminds me of the Metal Gear Solid Two character.
0: Well, Alpha is I mean, sorry, Raiden, Raiden is the Odin of six. Yeah. Hmm. So essentially, and that's about got, the only
1: time they've appeared.
0: Yeah. So we essentially got through. They are in the
1: Valdessian arsenal, but I Mm -hmm. only discovered that after I did the
0: research. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Yeah. So there you go. Sagittarius, Phantom Alpha, and Raiden will be the new uh, worlds on the European data center. Now bringing them up to eight servers per data center. We are also—I don't know if they mention it here—but there are also going to be um, an additional data center with eight new worlds coming next year. So there is that as well. Because they wanted an eight 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 configuration for all region. Well, mm-hmm. except for Japan, which is a whole different story. North well, America. Yeah, they're gonna have oh, an additional okay. one. Okay. Yeah. Um right. So uh, with this, of course, you get the new world bonuses for the new Worlds. We're probably not gonna to spend too much time talking about that. It's the same as you'd expect. Yeah. It's you got the Character creation bonus for like with a double EXP gift of 10 silver chocobo feathers. Um, and then you know, which you can exchange for low mid level gear. And then bonuses when you reach level 30, you get a million gil and 15 days of free playtime, which is always good. I mean, mm-hmm. that is account wide, so you know, mm-hmm. um. I know I've already. Well, you only get it once, though. And yeah. I know I've gotten it for when I made my character on Materia. Yeah. This could be our free 15 days mela, I guess, if we I want. Yes. Yeah. It's very <laughs> quick to level on on servers with new adventure Yeah, bonus. exactly. You might as well. Yeah. We
2: could even, like, start buying up all the housing plots and then just.
0: <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,. All right, um, so there you go. There's also bonuses for transferring to a new world. The home world transfer service is free of charge. Double EXP bonus until level 80, valid for 90 days following transfer. Gift of 10 gold chocobo feathers, exchangeable for special rewards, such as rare mounts. That's like That's the Twintania mount and the the mm-hmm. red drought meat. chocobo, or whatever it's called. Okay. And the meat dog. And the meat dog, yeah, salami dog. Uh, owners of private estates and apartments are entitled to a certain amount of compensation in gil. So that as well. If you transfer and you already have a house in the old server, you get monetary compensation in-game. But
1: remember not to relinquish your land beforehand. Right. That does not get transferred until you leave. Right. Mm.
0: Uh, if you have re- yeah, they even say, like, underline it. If you have relinqu- Please note that if you have relinqu- uh, relinquished the deed to your plot or the rights to your property, you will not be eligible to receive gil compensation. Uh, New worlds will maintain their designation until uh, the active player population of the worlds in question have grown to a specified number. Please note that once a world has been removed from the new world category, the bonuses listed above will no longer be applied. In the case of newly created characters, these bonuses will continue for 90 days, including the day of creation, regardless of any change in world status. I like that
1: they have to specify including the day of creation as if there is a person out there that will be counting their days. Right to the ninetieth day, mm-hmm. and then like, but they forgot to include the day of creation. They're like, where's my, <laughs> why, why, where's my bonus? Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so about the housing, the purchase of housing will be unavailable on the newly established worlds at the launch of Patch Six Point One Eight. Before we can resume the sale of plots, we must first verify that the Japanese European data center expansions and the data center travel system are stable. Then re-enable the home world transfer service. For the latest updates regarding the availability of housing on the new worlds, please visit the Lodestone. All lands purchased on the newly established worlds will be carried out under the housing lottery system. The various Uh. residential areas on these worlds will be inaccessible until the purchase of housing has been made available. Please use the world visit system to complete the following side quests on another world while the housing area restrictions... Is in, uh, restriction is in place. So they want you to do where the heart is and the Shiragane and Imperium unlock quests on another That's world. That's
1: right. Sorry. The fact that it's doable is... is. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of how when on Materia you couldn't do it at all because obviously there were no worlds right. to transfer to that had access to the housing wards. True, true, true. Uh,
0: also, I mean, it's a, a reminder again. 6.18 will introduce the uh, the world visit... north the. DC visit system,
1: yeah, the DC yeah. visit
0: system. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, we get to a visit. We we'll, we'll we will... see. What do you mean we'll
2: see? We never until it's actually launched and accessible. I'll hold my breath because they might de- like They always. I don't? You... I don't know. I don't think they'll delay it, but I'm always skeptical of these sort of things. I haven't really do seen any mean, World travel and people getting lost in the oh
0: and yeah. Stuff. yeah yeah yeah. I mean, this it's is too much scary Mm-hmm. It's two mm-hmm. days,
1: Mailer. I feel like they would make an announcement about it. Oh like no, that's not. true. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Like, like this is imminent. So it, it'd be very strange. If... Yeah, yeah. It's just like I'm
2: not going to use it for sure. For a li- yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to get lost in either. Mm-hmm. Well, oh no, scary.
1: sorry. For, it's, it's it's nine days. Sorry. Yeah, pa- yeah. It's July
2: fifth. Um.
0: um yeah. I, I think, uh, no, I think we're in, on track. I I've, Yeah, I don't see it. They sure haven't They haven't been, like, coy about the system. They've mentioned it and been like, you know, it's happening. So, because mm. remember with, because this has been pushed back before already, hasn't it? Or am I making yeah. up yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I feel like they'd be very on the I ball. I think they
1: said they wanted to do it at this, like, launch of mm. Endwalker, and then they said, oh, we don't want to deal with the... Oh, yeah, because there was so many players. The... the yeah, the, the increase of players and the potential risk of this at the same time, so mm-hmm. they pushed it back.
0: Yeah, good move for everybody. But it'll be nice to see our, our light friends again. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah,
2: uh, looking forward to seeing
0: you. Yeah. Okay, that is our recent events. Let's uh, let's read some Mog mail before we jump into the deal interview. Let's go. <laughs> This is from Ren Thras from Famfrit. Uh, hello, hope you're all having a great day. I posted this in the spoilers and lore on the Discord around <laughs> with timestamps around 0340 CST on July 22nd, 22, if that helps. But I was poking around a Baldessian Annex looking at pictures and had recently binged Remnants of a Realm again. I remembered the image you showed off of the <laughs> Tomb of Zandes. Uh, did you know there's a picture there in the Annex meeting room? Face the big map on the back wall of Baldessian Arsenal, sorry, Annex Meeting Room, where Cryal often stands. Turn left and look at the picture of the Crystal Tower. Up and left appears to be a picture of the Battle of Tier, but below that is the Tomb of Zandes. I even posted an image uh, and a print screen of Roar's final episode that showed it. They look the same to me. Maybe you guys have talked about this and I just missed it, but that's a really specific image. I joined in 14 in 2.3 or so, so maybe 1.x players uh, would remember the place, but... I feel it's kind of an esoteric reference, even for 1.x players. Something like Cartano, as the servers went down, would be more fitting. I wonder if there's a reason why they picked that picture. Good day to you all, Ren. Uh, I remember us talking, I'm sure we talked about that. I'm not sure if, uh, yeah, maybe we might have, uh, we've definitely. Maybe internally. Maybe we, we talked about it on like a, it. a weekday stream or something. But yeah. that is definitely uh, uh, a thing that's there. That is definitely Tomb of Zande's 100%. concept art. Um, it's mm-hmm. nice
2: concept art so they might have just wanted to reuse it
0: yeah they reuse a lot yeah. of concept
2: art in that area yeah yeah
0: i definitely noticed uh in the one of the few parts of my endwalker playthrough you definitely see me reacting to that picture because <laughs> it <laughs> fe- felt very odd it is something you don't uh, i didn't expect and it is a very esoteric reference because uh, i think if unless you were like obsessed with one point like me you you probably wouldn't necessarily recognize it or think about it but the Z- tomb of zandes is retconned for all intents mm-hmm. and purposes now because we we never see zandes tomb right uh, and i don't know it's it's an it's an odd one but i since since it is not touched on at all in endwalker or in 6.1 i think it's just they had some neat concept art and they just wanted to put it up on the wall like stuff that they've studied i i i would say though that that probably means that the tomb isn't necessarily retconned it's just not relevant to anything like it's just a thing i think yeah Mm
2: you yeah. it not have like powers or anything. It it's may, just, it may, may not found it.
0: It may not even be Zonde's tomb anymore. That part can have yeah. been red No, it might just be an al or, or yeah, an elegant tomb. Um, yeah, so there you go. But let's uh, yeah, I'm glad no, more people noticed it, uh, and they noticed it because of Roar. <laughs> See, so there you go. That's that's cool. Uh, all right, thank you, um, uh, Ren. Ooh, I'm, I've already scrolled away. Ren Thras, thank you from Thamfret. Alright, let's do one more. This is from Giltia from Zodiac. Hello, speakers. Recently, while journeying through Eorzea, I found myself at the northern edge of the churning mists at 5 am. Oh. I spotted the Void Arc Ooh. drifting by and took a moment to stop and watch it. I started thinking about the Shadow of Mach raids, how fun they are, and how important the lore might be now that it seems we're delving into the void. Then, like a projectile from a diabolical gate shot by an ancient elegant war machina, it hit me. What if they make Shadow of Mach mandatory for MSQ like they did Crystal Tower? I think it makes sense because players will experience lore that will serve them later, just like how it currently happens with Crystal Tower. It would also create a pattern, and you know how the devs love patterns. 2.0 Alliance raids became became mandatory in 5.0, 3.0 Alliance raids in 6.0. It would always be three expansion packs after they were first released. Lastly, it would, hopefully, make Alliance roulette less of a Circus Tower roulette. I ask because I watched some lore speculation videos made by refugees from that other game, (laughs) and it's pretty apparent 90% of them haven't done the uh, Shadow of Mach raid series. Anyways, part of me just wants them to make Shadow of Mach mandatory so it would create a pattern so Evilese and Orbon Monastery would be required for 7.0. All who wish to proceed through MSQ must face Thunder God, <laughs> God Sid. Seven shadows cast, seven fates foretold. Yet at the end of the broken path lies death ahead and death alone.
1: Uh, I can see them making Shadows of Mark rec- required at some point, especially if the void is going to become very important. I don't necessarily see that being the case for Evelise at any point. I think it's too intensive and also not necessarily tied to the story.
0: Well, you say that, but we, we are early in 6.x, and we have all, already speculated that evilies might eventually play some role in the story, be it maybe not in 6.x, but we might start pivoting at some point towards it. That That is still a part of Eorcio that has unresolved... I mean, it is
1: a part... It is a part of Eorzea, but I feel like it's being exclusively tied to like side content at this point.
0: At this point,
2: you never know. I think e- either way, I think we can all agree that Nair will never become. That Boundary. I don't.
0: Yeah. Stop. No, I agree. Yeah, there's no need. So for there, that. the pattern will be
2: broken one day, no matter what. I think Evalees could become required, depending, yeah. but it feels like a self-contained story with the Evalees troop and whatever. That is true. Um, that is true. But Mark, fine. Uh, make it mandatory if it helps the make the plot better. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the void stuff's kind of...
0: I don't know. Well,
2: It's the... going to be a little bit for now and then we'll move to something else. And maybe yeah, but, it'll come back later don't, on. Don't
0: you agree that the evilly stuff should be mandatory considering the the relevance just to the world in general? Like,
2: I agree. To be fair, I also think Bosch should be mandatory in to do the storyline.
0: Bosia is kind of like wasting lore, in a way. See,
2: that's
1: because of the existence of Bosia is the reason that I think that they'll never tie it to the world, because I feel like Bosia is too tied intrinsically to the Evil Ace storyline at this point.
0: Well, I think also that there's a reason why they've never shown any of the really big characters. Like, we've never seen, uh, like, the princess, her ash... Ash. Like some of the big players of Evil East have yet to like really be on un- like the whole story around Ash, they have a whole story around her. Like she was she's still alive possibly somewhere, right?
2: That mm. might be a storyline wow.
0: we pick up as part of MSQ. I'm just theorizing, obviously. There's nothing currently <laughs> that's that suggests such a thing. But that is possible. Evil East mean, is part of the world not. map. Like or Delmasca is, anyways, not Evil East. But,
2: yeah, they're not beyond killing off characters in uh text in random collectible pages that you get
0: mm-hmm. based
2: on RNG Well, remember in that, parts remember, of the content
0: i i I would argue that the way that Bozia's story ended leaves a lot open for like just us being reintroduced to stuff in the m s q like um what's his name the guy who who mysteriously died the uh, uh, i don't know gabranth
2: yeah. yeah yeah gabranth
0: we don't know exactly what happened to him a lot can happen uh, in between and i think that might blend in with La- lady Asha's story um i don't know i can i still see lots of story threads that i've left that that we can still pick up for for delmasca uh, and now that they no longer have garlemald as they're like there's no empire anymore so they are free we we might not even have a political thing with them like they might have just i mean they essentially had a a kingdom before they were taken over they might just reinstate the kingdom be like okay we're back here's some other quest here's some other stuff we struggle with over here i don't know 'Cause that's that was what that was our big like counter to the, to wanting the Evil story was like, ugh, do we really want another like rebuild this kingdom or this like place again? You know, we might not have to. It might just be the mystery of where Lady Ash is or whatever. I'm just hopeful, just don't know hopeful that, thinking. Uh, no,
1: that's fair. I'm not as optimistic, sadly. Mm-hmm. I I just don't know if the mystery of where Lady Ash is is an intriguing enough like MSQ point at this at this point period in the story right
2: now. Well, with that in mind... Well, that's up to the writers. Um, Also, bring back all the big boys, like Balsallion and all the cool uh, Rothgar. But, um... Let's jump back one expansion. Yes. um, To the Mm -hmm. Mark Mm -hmm. storyline. Um... What? Like... Kaishi? Or that... The Sky Pirate Man? Or the the boob lady like who who's who's who what big names from that series do you might come back Diablos oh Diablos is intrinsic to this game he's in so many other bits of content I don't think he's that's kind of just part of his story I'd love for Diablos he's
1: He's the main main villain in it
0: yeah yeah, they might not bring any of them back. The, if we're talking MSQ, are we talking like MSQ? Uh, if we're oh, uh, uh, this new Void Questline oh, yeah. is probably MSQ mostly, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. They might not because I feel like the Void Arc thing concluded quite sa- like satisfyingly, right? All uh, the mm-hmm. reason why they, we would want them to like this to be mandatory, so you know the lore around the Void Arc and the mock like the Machi and all that, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. you have that as like a base reference when the story progresses, so they don't have to like retell everything. That's the whole point. That's why they make Crystal Tower relevant, right? Also, so you know who, who the fuck uh, uh, Graha is, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the main reason that people yeah. they force people to, re- to do Crystal Tower as part of the MSQ because they are intru- reintroducing a character that is now essentially an intrinsic part of the MSQ.
0: Well, also, um, a man with hat who turned out to, you know... Uh... <laughs> one of the I'm bosses on. i'm on <laughs>
1: obviously well yes well that's that the question is was that always planned or was that something they were like okay well now crystal tower is part of the msq we don't can know. use what we want from here i don't know how far the as they option.
2: were
1: we're riding the... yeah that's what i'm feeling as well mate
2: okay
0: well it... there's no way they wanted that boss well in that crystal allows tower them to, to do change. that that's why that's good it does yeah so if they make return mm-hmm. to Evil East as well just so i can do it because i know that i feel like voidark is the one that is most likely to become you know, uh, mandatory. Required. Uh, required. Mm. I think the same thing can be said for Return to Evilies. If you do the whole Return to Evilies, they can essentially ignore um, Bosnia you know, completely, essentially, because it's optional content. And there's no way they'll ever make that mandatory, I think. There is just. I, well, there maybe there's important law to it. Though, well, Return respects. to Evilies brings certain characters in that they can bring back into the msq fran is the most important right fran well fran is the most important yeah. yes fran who um, just
2: has to be sidelined forever now
0: <laughs> no um be silent yeah. Side- Side- side-lined. Side-lined. oh sidelined right 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 um no mick well makoto. that's true
1: makoto is tight ty- is very heavily tied to yeah to- i don't think
0: i don't think we can bring makoto back um, but there is also, obviously, all the story that is brought in the, in the Return to Evil East about, you know, the story of Dalmasca and the the bad people, the you know, the... <laughs> uh, I don't remember their names, you know, the ones with the long... The n- Banga? Or the Seek? The Banga. Are those the, the ones with the long mouths? I <laughs> <You> can't remember. <laughs> I never remember their names. Because Seek are the big ones, like the... Um, Seek are the round ones. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. yes. Bang are
2: the ones that kind of have like floppy lizard ears.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. I definitely feel like Void Ark could that series is the most likely to become required. It's prob that's gonna be a trial series
2: probably, isn't it? One not... of the this Void questline.
1: This Void series? I suspect, yeah, it will be the Trial series, but I also suspect it will be MSQ in the same vein as um, Trials in a Realm Reborn. It'll be the first time. Yes. Like, yeah. There's a Trial series that's part of the MSQ, which might allow them to relegate dungeons to a side series, which would be nice because
2: it's been a while since that's happened.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. The trouble it with also, that I mean, is.
1: It also... Yeah?
2: Is that. I mean, we've speculated that it's going to be the Four Thrones of the different elements, and then it's going to be. Uh Evil Man. what's his name? Golbez? Golbez. Golbez, yeah. Um So there's not much room for characters from that Alliance raid series other than just getting some generic background lore and mark. Which right. might not even be relevant well, to this part of the void. Like where's well, Diablo's is- prime dude? Mm. Well part of me is thinking that like
1: possibly this is because we're probably not going into the void until whatever 7.0 is. Right. So, like, I,
0: suppose, I think it will be yeah.
1: relevant moving
2: forward, regardless. Mm-hmm. I don't. A
1: part of me thinks we won't even deal with Golbez until
2: 7.0. That's probably true. Otherwise, it'd be a, it'd feel less powerful. Right. Yeah. I would like Diablo's back though, in some like ultimate form. Just some just well OP Diabolos. Yeah, I do because, like him Yeah. because as we
0: we keep encountering Diablo's, but we. There's... He's always in, like, a sleepy form. He, yeah. And it kind of feels, like, pop-up-y. Especially the first mm-hmm. time we encounter him in Amdapur. It's like, okay, <laughs> there's Diablos, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. the Yeah, there we go. I think... I would want all the initial three... Um, the three raid series to become mandatory at some point. But... That's because I also want coil to be mandatory, so I want most well, of like yeah. important world lore to be mandatory and I feel like it's a shame that a lot of people don't I... get to experience it.
1: Uh I would prefer Coil to be mandatory before Evers. I think Coil mm. is so intrinsically tied to I would, the lore of our world.
0: I would honestly want Coil to be uh, mandatory before Void Arc, just as soon as possible. I agree, but yeah. I think <laughs> Void Arc, I think Void,
1: exactly. arc, void arc is more uh, pressing right now. Yeah, if it's going to become relevant to the MSQ. Yeah,
0: well, I don't believe Coil's the, the, not mandatory. The I think, thing I think is, is. a lot of people, uh, or I've heard this argument before. It's that coil is too difficult. Uh, rework it. They can. That's easily, what they're doing. They can easily they're rework. They're doing
1: it. that through Realm Reborn and all the old dungeons right now.
2: Yeah. 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 Don't worry, guys. They'll they'll put all the boss HPs to one. I just kind. Yeah. Of,
0: I just hope they sort of don't <laughs> destroy the current state of Coil as well. Also, stop would.
1: acting like you didn't do Coil <laughs> what
2: unsynced mailer. I just want to be. I just want to. I want to hurt people.
0: Yeah. Also, Coil has um, already been nerfed. It has gone through quite a extensive. It ha- yeah, Coil has been nerfed quite heavily. One of the oldest. raids the oldest raids in the game. So
2: make, um, make like a a weakened version of Coil for the, the genuinely hard fights, like
0: Nail and Bahamut. Like n- yeah, Nail specifically is
1: extremely. I mean, like Nail a- is still very difficult Nailed. to solo to yeah. this day.
0: Oh, you got to be. Quick and playing on, that on when like those spawn. Playing that on actual without unsync is probably one of the most challenging fights in the mm-hmm. game to this mm-hmm. day, even. Well, I yeah, mean, yeah, of yeah, course, ignoring fun. ultimates. Um, yeah, uh, so they. Yeah. definitely we'd need a normal mode for it. Um, okay, well, thank you, uh, guiltia uh, mm-hmm. for your MogMail. You can send in more mm. MogMail at speakersxiv.com slash MogMail, and we'll uh, do our best to read it Uh, in the next episode all right let's uh
1: before we we move on to our like official main topic this was mentioned in chat earlier and i've spent the last like couple minutes trying to research it as far as i can tell it may it's very possibly true i put it in chat i'll put it in our chat as well it looks like yoshi p is not on the board of directors anymore at square
2: enix yeah, I saw that. I was trying to research Oy. it quickly, but I couldn't find any news articles. That's the trouble.
1: I can't find any news articles either. I can only find this uh, document which shows the new listings of directors as of June 23rd, 2022.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's... uh, That's interesting. Is that Kitase? Is that... Act- is that No. Okay this is interesting. Why it's interesting? But
2: that's a, I got to say that's like a developing potential story. Yeah. Um,
1: Bloomberg has this information.
0: All right, we we'll we'll this is happening live so uh I guess we're uh, getting Okay, let's see. Um, okay. We can't spend too much time on this. No, we can't. No.
2: but I, I don't know. Dead it's air. difficult to say. Um, it does say here that the listings here is director outside director specified in Article Two, Item Fifteen of the Companies Act, whatever that means. Maybe it's not
0: exhaustive. Maybe. Or, or, but I don't oh know. yeah, but Yoshi-P is not listed in, in and Bloomberg, some of them no? are like.
2: Standing members,
0: I want that's an interesting timing though. For this, like Yoshi P is like, maybe they want him to focus on. I don't know, this is yeah, odd. maybe it was like, taking away from his, my, yeah, maybe that's why.
1: It's very possible that it's he doesn't have time for it. I've also seen more insidious explanations people have had, like the fact that he doesn't support the NFT push that the company has been going <laughs> with right
0: recently. Oh no! Or if that, they want to kill their company, if they, for. if that's the reason, if it's such a, ugh, I'm worried about Square Enix, and this isn't exactly helping. So, uh, all right, well, uh, let's hope we don't. Yes, we don't have any.
1: It's it's still very early development so we might have more information about this next week
0: yes interesting development though if if true uh okay well we'll try to to get us back on topic here um uh, that is also true let's not forget that yoshi p that wasn't necessarily a position he was vying for in the first place so Mm -hmm. and he has a lot on his plate so i i let's hope for that. that that's the reason I'm sure maybe there'll be a statement if this becomes like a... i i think if if rumors like that start spreading, I feel like they would need to do some sort of damage control here and, and i think it, yes
1: especially if this if enough noise is made up made about this in the upcoming week, I think they will address it in the live letter in all likelihood
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's move on, everyone, to uh, the main story. We discuss Vanadil. This is the fourth and final part um. of the um, interview. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is with uh, Naoki Yoshida and, of course, um, uh, God, I need to see his name because I uh, Matsui. Okay, there you go. Um, mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's just jump in. Uh I mean this 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 is a, the fourth part this is a four-part interview so the interview literally just starts without like any real introduction it just mm-hmm. we're just going straight in so here we go. boom, what are your priorities when it comes to engaging with players or the members of your team as a game producer? Yoshida says, for me, it's simple. It's about whether or not the game is thrilling for me uh, those making it and those who will play it that's all there is to it. As a form of entertainment, games should compel people to consider, hey, that looks fun. I'll give it a try. Many of Final Fantasy XI and 14's developers are active players. So if I announce a new venture and they don't respond with cheers, eagerness, or even wry smiles, <laughs> I'd know the venture is bound to fail, even if we press on with it. Um, Matsui says, Mr. Saito brought up a similar topic when we spoke in a previous interview. And that is the original producer of Dragon Quest X online. Says, I don't know if
1: that's necessarily what he's most known for now, but I guess it's the most relevant.
0: Yeah, yeah Yosuke Saito, yeah, that's in true. online game, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, obviously, uh Nier. Uh, with new expansions, mm-hmm. for example, we announce our goals in front of everyone from the development and operations teams. This is Yoshida speaking, by the way. But at that point, our presentation better elicit a response like, wow, so that's the new job, or there'd be no way that our customers would be excited either. This year, 2022, on February 19th, we did a broadcast where I spoke about the next 10 years for Final Fantasy 14. But I actually had the same talk with the devel- development and operations teams a week prior to that. During the presentation, I saw everyone with smiles on their faces, and I remember thinking, this is going to be alright. This concept applies outside of 14.2, and it's something I've been conscious of since my Hudson Soft days. Whether or not the designers and programmers react positively has been a key factor for me. Matsuyu says, naturally, in order for the developers to stay motivated, the game has to be enjoyable for them too. Yoshida says Uh,
2: that. Tell that to Ubisoft
1: i don't EA. think ubisoft is the greatest example of that i would more or, say so
2: activision yeah, yeah. yeah. activision blizzard yeah uh, most yeah. companies big game companies these days recently
1: like in the last couple of years a lot of people have been saying ea is a good place to work for
2: yeah they have i think they're redeeming themselves in some respects but they don't have a huge amount of ips to work no. with anymore
1: i mean EA has always, I think, been like not a terrible place to work. It's more so their business practices that make them oh, deplorable. Man. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, Although yeah. They're good to their the Sims 5. Uh, they're good to their employees, but maybe not so much to their uh, customers. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Matsu says it sounds like a non-negotiable point you've built up. Th- sorry, that's wrong. No, up?
1: To Yoshida. I'm also very particular about maintaining. Oh yeah, sorry.
0: Point. Yeah, she just says, I'm also very particular about maintaining a firm stance against de- deficit spending. No matter how interesting a venture may seem or how much enthusiasm there is for it, I won't approve anything that is foreseen going into the red. There's no future for a venture that results in a deficit. So I've always said to use any means necessary to make sure that we at least break even. Should we manage that, the company would say, well, it wasn't particularly profitable, but we can't. but we can let them try again. Whereas if it was a deficit, no matter how interesting the, res- the results were, they'll just reply, it's not going to sell, and that'll be the end of that. That's a very interesting statement when you
1: compare it with some of the things he's been saying in the 16 interviews he's, that have been released over the last week or so. He's very much talked about how um, he doesn't want to force developers to do something just because it is a trend or because people expected of them if they don't think they can do it successfully mm. so this specifically is in relation to like the idea of 16 being open world and how he told the developers like if you can make it work in service to the game that's fine but if you think it would be better if we did not make it an open world game that would then there's no effort in putting effort into it anyway right or no reason to i should say
0: true yeah um, in order for us, sorry, it sounds like uh, Matsui says, Matsui says, did I just repeat myself? Yeah. <laughs> I just repeated myself. Yeah. Matsui says, it sounds like a non-negotiable point you've built up throughout your career. Yoshida says, in, <laughs> in order for us to keep creating things that we enjoy ourselves, ourselves, maintaining credibility with our company and not just with our customers is extremely, extremely critical and extremely. something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shut up extremely critical <laughs> and something i'll defend no matter what so uh, as long so long as i do that the company will say we can keep final fantasy 11 going if creative business unit 3 and yoshida says so, says so what's happening not only are trust <laughs> and credibility essential aspects of our relationship with our customers but our relationships with others in our company team and departments as well that was really me, stumbled follow. through that yeah. one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I am curious as to how they convinced Square Enix, like the the board, was convinced to allow Eleven to continue with more like story content because Eleven mm. was still profitable, even if there wasn't any future in terms of like uh, where the story or the progress of the game is going. So. Right. I wonder how Yoshi P or Matsui or other people in business division 3 or creative business unit 3 were able to like cuz like it's a very old game at this point.
0: Yeah, to justify it it would be it's profitable but
2: it can't be like big profits.
0: Well, it must yeah. be. It must be profitable enough for them to have a, a main Compared scenario to the team. server
2: running costs. They're making money.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yes. That, but... but yeah, that making it more future scenarios which is what they're doing, they have to be able to justify why like mm. if that has to be able to make them more money, otherwise like why would they put effort into it? Right. Because yeah. otherwise they would just keep the servers going as they are now and still make money.
0: Yeah, they they've always said that like 11 is still a very profitable game. So I guess I mean I think we just Go into this thinking that 11 is an inferior product uh, because 14 <laughs> exists, uh, but from all no, the, every time markets. every time they talk about 11, they talk about it as if this is still like one of their big golden geese. Um, like mm-hmm. uh, there's 14 and it, there's 11. It has to be though because what
2: other Final fancies are there right. that are
0: still making money? Right, that's true. They like, wanted 15 15? to have a longer life, but. F- I mean, they. I would say fifteen comes, is
2: very
1: much at the tail end of its profitability. Yeah, exactly. Yes.
0: they they, they it, candle the good deals. Remember, fifteen was yeah exactly. That's what the, they were. They were planning for it to be the third golden goose, but they killed mm. it off before then. And I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they necessarily
1: to... killed it off. The director left.
0: Well, the director well, yeah. left, but I mean, a game company can then go, okay, let's see how profitable can we make this game if we just give it a new director. They could have mm-hmm. done that. A lot of games have done mm-hmm. that in the past. Maybe they did
1: consider that and thought yeah. it wasn't
0: worth. it. That's probably what they wasn't, did. Yeah. yeah, they probably said it's not going to sell. Because Fifteen was severely damaged by its launch. Like, it, yes. it was not a great. Yeah. I mean, even the development was bumpy. Like, well, its, its
1: launch was very controversial because some people really liked it, and then some people were like very much down on it. Yes. It, some people are still very down on it.
0: Yes.
2: Oh yeah, Seven remake. So, yeah, I mean yeah, I at, I would to say to be honest, that yeah, at, the at, Any right any company that is willing to release a, a game on on PC uh, for uh 70 pounds sterling certainly has high expectations for it.
1: Expensive <laughs> 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 in, in in Britain and Europe right now because I looked I bought it the other day yesterday. Um because it's a steam sale and it, it, they make you lose control of your wallet that's um true. but and it was on sale well the default price is hundred and twenty dollars which I, AUD, which I definitely wouldn't pay <laughs> um but right now it's 80 AUD is it oh, that's fine that's a reasonable price for a game yeah
2: yeah well it's on sale for fifty pounds. At the moment, when it was launched and probably still now, so, okay, that so that's reasonable. reasonable.
1: But yeah, I wouldn't pay for it at its actual
2: yeah, <laughs> price that they're trying to charge you for it. That's like that scam thing where the sale price is like what you want to sell it for and you just bump it up and then say there's a sale on it. Yeah. I, I think that's illegal. But that is illegal. illegal. They genuinely must believe it's worth £70, which is bizarre because even PS5 games are like 60 quid.
0: Yeah. Then. Well, I think it's because they they view it as the base game plus a DLC, yeah. plus
2: DLC. Yeah. 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 So it, if you Which think it about it like that, it isn't makes sense because Integrate was a free DLC.
0: <laughs> That's also true. Yes. Um, so they are scamming you. Yeah. It was a free. In, it was free, free with the PS5. PS5
2: people. Yeah. And you okay. couldn't play it on anything else. So but yes, by default. But yeah,
0: yeah. scam. Scam. <laughs> Don't say scam. It's not a scam. <laughs> it's that's not a scam. <laughs> it's it's an expensive game. I think we can say, but yeah, very expensive game. But yeah, I willing price. to pay for it. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, you you could yeah. Um, but eleven grade was not free,
2: was it not? As far as I'm aware, I I only bought. I've bought. Final Fantasy 7, I have it here. Final Fantasy 7. The Integrate upgrade
1: was free, but the DLC story involving Yuffie was not free. Is
0: that how it was? Oh, of course. Right. I've, now I remember how this worked. Yeah, yeah, never mind. So we need to retract that. Uh, Integrate was not free. It, sorry, Integrate was free. The Yuffie it's confusing. DLC was not. Which people
1: associate with Integrate.
0: I know. It came with Integrate. No,
2: I- what? But I have integrated I mean... on PS5 and have the Yuffie DLC, and that was a one-off product that I bought. I mean, maybe you bought both of them in a pack. Yeah, maybe. I didn't have any other option. If you have the PS4 version... well, I th- the thi- Of Final Fantasy 7 Remake, and then you got the... F- maybe you could get...
0: I don't know. I bought the physical... Now I'm very confused. You <laughs> I have I remember... <laughs> access to Yuffie. I ha- yeah, I had... I have the you PS4 version. PS5 version, it was
1: included. Oh, my God! You bought to... it for the PS5?
2: Okay. Yeah, I have both. Be... So, essentially, <laughs> into the, the Yuffie DLC was expected for in an incredibly small subset of people.
0: The and... So, the, the, the original PS4 version...
2: PS4 version had to upgrade for this is, free, this but stupid. they
0: had to pay for the DLC. This doesn't have any... Well,
2: impact. if you bought... So
1: you got the free upgrade if you bought it on the PS4, but then you had to buy the DLC separately. Yeah. Wow. So you bought it on the PS4 and like, well, you need to both buy a PS5 and you need to buy the DLC. Yes. Give us your money.
0: Yes. That's how. That's how it worked.
2: Uh, I still find that that's an unusual. I mean, if go for it, if, if that's fine, but I you can still get Seven Remake Integrate on PS5. I don't figures. know how we ended up here, uh,
0: but yeah, like we again, it, it proves our point. Golden Goose. This this yeah. is the mm-hmm. true third Golden Goose, but right. Now. Uh, yes, but that is it, it, it's still surprising that we can kind of imagine what kind of money Seven Remake is making. Oh, Eleven is so in much. that club together with fourteen. That's mm-hmm. kind of impressive, I I think, but you know.
1: (laughs) That's a fair point, chat, no wonder Katase is on the board of directors
0: now. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Um, Okay. So, um, Matsui says, conversely, my first project in the game industry was Final Fantasy 4, and back in those days, any game that was released would sell, so we got away with not having to worry about that aspect too much, he says and laughs. It's
2: true, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's... Simpler. golden era yeah you would uh, crazy that
1: matsui has been involved in the industry since four yeah yeah,
0: yeah it's been there a while oh it's pretty good as well yeah and that probably yeah, like keen. i don't know how many other games since like he was part of after four but i mean there is a chance he was on six i guess which is mm-hmm. one of the best from that classic era um, Yoshida says, I envy that. Um, that's just how things were back then. But it's true that when I first came to score Enix, I felt that the staff were too naive. <laughs> there were numerous situations where I thought, I wish they at least consider the cost-effectiveness in terms of CPUs and GPUs. The graphic designers had grown assertive to the point that they believed programmers could magically fulfill all their requests, which became an underlying cause of Final Fantasy XIV version 1.0's failure. I really felt that it was a bad mindset that uh, that gives well yeah we can i mean that that is if some... you're
2: interested in Matsui, he he was also the battle player on five he was the director of chrono trigger Ooh, that's amazing that's that's dope. really and then, impressive and then he did a few of the things like legend of man and then he went on to 11 i see
0: Okay. Yeah, so he has some he has some history. He has some street cred. Yeah. Absolutely. He was
1: involved in fourteen as well as the lead combat system yes. designer during a realm reborn. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh okay. So yeah, he talked about the graphics stuff, which was a big deal for Square I remember like, you know, eight, nine, ten, that era where fourteen sorry, where <laughs> Square Enix were like the cutting edge like studio when oh, it came yeah. to graphics graphic design they were mm-hmm. top of their game even 313 tell. they yeah, weren't all the 13. way to 1.0 f- <laughs> 1.0 was I mean. just sort of continuing <laughs> yeah the horrible- 13 show
1: 13 uh part one shows how much they were into like showing that they were the peak of graphic design mm-hmm. when you consider the fact of how badly optimized it is to this oh, day
0: oh yeah it's notoriously there's, bad there's on PC. Uh, <clears throat> good crystals. Milo always I, talks about the crystals. I mean, it does 13.
1: look nice, but thankfully they learned how to compile better with vinyl, with Thirteen Part Two.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Final yeah. Thirteen. You have to
0: download both voice packs. It's like 150 gigabytes. Yeah. Mm. Thirteen. Thirteen is definitely where the cracks started to show oh, in yeah. terms of like focusing mm-hmm. too much on the graphics because but, it was a movie. That's also uh-huh. in my I mean I yeah it was a movie and also there was more care it seemed put into like the, the visual fidelity and not than the characters there's a, the, the characters in 13 are very hollow except for a, a select few yes. um, and w- most importantly one of the hollow characters is the main character Is the main character <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, that's a problem lightning is
2: the new cloud And you you can
1: see how you can see how those cracks uh, really impacted the company moving forward. Because I mean, consider the fact that fifteen was thirteen versus or versus thirteen.
0: That's true. That is true. So like the
1: tendrils of thirteen reached as far as the next mainline single player entry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When will it end? And then of course, 1.0 got the same engine as 13 again, just showing how lost in their own heads they were oh yeah this great engine we'll use it in an mmo Mm, to barely run on i don't know what a mess ps3 oh in fact we didn't get a tour on on ps3 no we there was i don't think they even tried to make like a port at at that point they're like okay this isn't i remember the
2: trailer for it though for for ps3
0: the ps3 trailer for 1.0 yeah yeah i was like wow that is cool And and apparently, it never released until it never ran on a PS3. So, that trailer is entirely cool. Yeah, made of PC footage.
2: Maybe that's why one reason why I never tried 1.0 is because that was all I ever heard about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I never heard of it again. Yeah, it also had like 1.0 had a lot of other things that we're not going to go into, but advertising for that game was just non existent. Yeah, it was like. I have said this before, but the way I learned about 14 was through uh, my 11 Link shell, like uh, two weeks before it launched, where someone was like, "Oh yeah, well I'll be gone on that day because it's the launch of 14." I'm like, "I'm sorry, of what? The 14th what? Final Fantasy 14?" I'm like, "What? There's I haven't seen a single ad." Um, so yeah.
2: Yeah, I remember looking it up and seeing like all those beta footages where it's like you know that kind the image where they're fighting the chimera right with the old ui and it looks so cool yeah i was like oh yeah this looks cool yeah i'll try this out and then there was a new mmo maybe
1: maybe it was a good thing you didn't see the original advertising if you may there was a potential that you could have seen that horrifying one where they transformed oh, into god. The oh god
0: awful that was good yeah uh okay anyways back to the interview here um So that gives context to how Mr. Yoshida was very strict about the numbers when he took over 11, which we talked about in a previous interview. Do you remember what it was like when he took over Mr. Matsui? Matsui says, I was originally a battle designer, so I like working with numbers specifically. But despite being familiar with uh, extrapolating information from numbers, using them to manipulate the future was honestly quite frightening just in terms of money for example I was dealing with figures thousands of times greater than my salary and using Excel to ensure the validity of those values I still find it frightening even to this day Uh, yeah yeah yeah. in that sense too it's it's fortunate that your division is led by Mr. Yoshida who understands MMORPGs Matsui says it certainly is when we have a serious discussion about business principles, he'll secretly tell me afterwards. To be honest, here's how he can do it instead. And that helps me out a lot. He laughs. He's strict, but also open-minded. The kind of advice he'll give me is, there is no way of knowing if the promotional expenses will actually go according to plan, but make sure you have a solid reason for anything that requires money. hmm that's just good advice for uh, uh, the life in general, I think. Just general economy yeah. uh, advice there. Uh, Yoshida says, the way I see it, numbers are a manifestation of passion. If oh. they... Are... <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. you speak speaking my language, Yoshida.
1: <laughs> mm. Numbers are a hey. manifestation of
0: passion. 37.
1: 37 is <laughs> oh. mm. not a nice number. I mean... Don't you say that to me. 69. No about
0: 88. Now, 69... it's fine. 69 is an, a manifestation of passion.
2: That is true, though.
0: If they approach me saying, this is what we're hoping to accomplish, please allow us to spend this much. Their plan is well-reasoned and the numbers aren't too far off. That's good enough for me. I see, so that's another one of your guidelines. Oh, goddammit, I fell into the trap of reading the fluff text from the interviewer. (laughs) Yoshida says, on the other hand, I would never approve spending money for something they just want to try without any goals. That kind of spending won't lead to the next step. Oh, okay. In baseball, for example, you you keep track of the pitches that have been thrown so far. Then swing the bat based on your prediction of what sort of pitch is coming. Aside from the... Aside from the geniuses who can hit on reflex, I think that's pretty much how it goes. Furthermore, the game doesn't end with that one pitch, it keeps going. If you get a hit, you start predicting the next one. If you don't get a hit, you analyze why you missed. That's what's important. Standing in a batter's box and just swinging aimlessly isn't what professional players would do. Is that true? Um, I mean, I guess
1: so. Yeah. Base, baseball is always referred to as like the mathematician's sport, so I can sort of see why he would use this as an example.
0: Yeah, true. Hmm. Uh, Matsu says It's that. kind of
1: why I find bas- baseball like intriguing conceptually, but very boring in, it, in practice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matsu says that's true. She just says, to be honest, you can't tell if you've hit or missed until we see the final result. But it's important to convince others and to have evidence and a basis that everyone can believe in and act on. The same could be said for Final Fantasy XI, which got as far as it did thanks to Mr. Hiramichi's unquestionable direction. And now I believe it is it's our turn to present direction. that direction. basis as a team. Well, a no, team
1: no order. one was allowed to question him. Okay. <laughs> have you seen those pictures? <laughs>
0: That's true. Hiramichi in XI was good. He was good for XI. He no, wasn't forget good for forget the picture for XI. of him in his business suit one foot on the twig that is my the saddest (laughs) photo i know of him where he's just standing the trouble
2: with tanika is that 1.0 was trash you can't say no to that no but there's something about him like this just middle-aged salary man he is he doesn't look like like he's not rock and roll like yoshi p (laughs) he doesn't like he just looks like a nice slightly sad (laughs) he's a
0: product of his time and he was also kind of put in the position of director for 11 at a time when i think he kind of was done do you know what i mean like he was kind of like this you mean 14 sorry 14 when he was put as a director of 14 he was kind of done already which is why he was like stuck in his ways and he wanted like more of the same it was he didn't have passion
2: he didn't have numbers in his life
0: no he didn't have numbers in his <laughs> life he didn't have a passion for for 14 i think also he yeah when you look at the pictures from that time we've talked about this i think we talk about it every time they mention tanaka now is just he oh, looks I out of place in every i
1: yeah we always talk about how when you look at how soken and koji stand in relation to tanaka to how they stand alongside yoshipe it you yeah. can st- sense you can feel the difference projecting yeah. through the image
0: he would always yeah. wear like a like a suit like it was very salary man coming yeah to but I don't want to like
2: it just feels like he should have just finished after 11 I think I think that's He'd what he wanted so much, to I be honest
0: I don't know what his involvement like, like how he ended like, up
2: I, there but I I although it's fun to rip on him I, I don't like the idea that he
0: feels like he's 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 got out like his legacy has been like yeah destroyed he's done some good, good stuff as well now i think 11 players still hold Tanaka pretty close to their hearts he he was i mean he's the reason 11 is still going and you should be said it like he it game would... design on a lot of the older Final fantasy as well yeah, thinking, yeah 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 you know. he has a he has a he cool. has some street cred as well um, yeah
1: he has a very strong history it's just sadly that like his career ended in a way that most people would prefer not to with yeah. a failure, sadly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of stuff like where, you know, where Square Enix sort of deflected most of the blame on Titanica because he was the director. Exactly. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was not treated well, I think, at the end. But, oh, well. Uh, actually, to be honest, we don't really know because Square Enix is still very secretive about stuff like that. I mean, case well, in well, point, suspect- the board of directors that just got shuffled around, we don't know how, you know, mm. we don't know. Yeah,
1: I suspect he was probably sh- he was probably kicked upstairs, which is a practice that they use in Japan, where they put people in positions that are like technically higher up, but they involve less work, mm-hmm. and they are mm-hmm. kind of like a position to suggest like we're well, we're keeping you here because it's the respectful thing to do, but we don't really need you anymore. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and they expect you to sort
0: of resign, don't they? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Very insidious. <sighs> it is. Yes. All right, the future of Final Fantasy 11, as told by the leader of the Creative Business Unit 3.
2: Oh, well, leader for now.
1: Leader's an intro. I don't think they're going to remove He's him not as, as head of Creative Business Unit 3. But also, leader is a strange descriptor. Hmm, true.
0: Leader. A big question for players who support the current state of the game is, how long will Final Fantasy XI remain in service? What are your thoughts on the timing for an MMORPG to close its doors? That's a big question. Yoshida says, there's no telling when that'll be for XI. But Final Fantasy XI in particular has a physical limit to its lifespan, namely its development equipment. There will be a point where we inevitably enter maintenance mode, where we can provide bug fixes and keep the servers running, but no longer be able to add new content. Personally, I intend to keep the servers available even if we enter maintenance mode, as long as Creative Business Unit 3 remains profitable overall, for the sake of people who have built up so many memories or are still creating more in Vanadeel. Even if 11 itself becomes unable to break even... I'd like to keep the servers open as long as possible to repay our customers who have supported Final Fantasy MMOs up till now. It's nice.
1: Interesting, because it's in contrast with what he said earlier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, interesting that, because it seems... I mean, yeah. So he's using, like, as long as the division, like the creative business unit is profitable, not as long as 11 is profitable. Interesting. Mm-hmm okay
1: i think
2: that's
1: things it's it's easy for him to say that right now yeah also true yeah um also i question whether like ignore me i forgot my train of thought (laughs) that's
0: okay (laughs) okay matzi says to that end those of us in creative business unit 3 as a whole will need uh to do our best uh, Yoshida says, should we enter maintenance mode down the road? There will be a lot of things to consider, such as what we do about the monthly subscription. But that time has yet to come. Mr. Matsu and his team are working hard, so let's have the best 20th anniversary year we possibly can. So I remembered. My my uh, point
1: was that, like, it's the question of, is the trade of, like, the loss of money worth the extra loyalty that you will you will obtain from the fans like
0: mm. is
1: in a sense that more profitable
0: yeah i mean possibly it's a gesture of goodwill it to is keep them open. Mm-hmm. and remember this is like customer the, if you were going to look at them as customers these are loyal customers some have supported you Very for loyal. 20 years <laughs> in a monthly subscription more expensive than 14s so I mean, and multi- pays per character. Pace per character, and usually, if you're deep in this game, you have some mules. You will have multiple characters. So, you know, if he, yeah, it's it's a it's a thank you, I guess, and and I think people would be very. I mean. They wouldn't know, though. Players wouldn't know that the game isn't profitable. They're not going to be like, "Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the point where eleven is no longer profitable. We're keeping it open just to be nice." Now, <laughs> like, there's no point where we'll know that. But yeah, uh, I think it's nice that he has that he he wants to keep it running even if it goes into the red. But I don't think eleven what? is going it, to go into the red anytime
1: soon. In game, what have they done for eleven's twentieth anniversary? Have they done anything yet, or is that something that is yet to come?
0: um is there like a, um i don't know if they've done it article. there's been there's been events uh there's obviously this are the the interview series and all this, that stuff i don't know if they've had any i haven't there's new msq there is actually new msq this for the celebration okay there you go oh, okay that's great yeah Why well, you better do it <sighs> stop saying that i can't do that i i tried i just <laughs> it was too overwhelming Um, Okay, so uh, the interviewer says, is it safe to assume that we're in the clear for the time being? Yoshida says, over these past two years, the 11 development team has been working to reduce operational costs, such as using virtual machines on servers, which have cut down the costs to an extremely minimal amount. With these efforts, we're uh, still able to maintain operations uh, stably. So we're still in good shape for quite some time. Uh, Massey says, although I'd love to keep this interview going, our time is almost up. Oh, he's ending the interview. That's
2: the funniest thing I've ever
0: read. (laughs) To wrap things up, do you have any words for Eleven and our players as we celebrate the 20th anniversary? Yoshida says, before I speak, as the head of our division, I'd like to express my gratitude to all of you as a middle-aged man who loves MMORPGs.
2: Ah, preach, brother.
0: (laughs) Thanks to everyone's (laughs) overwhelming enthusiasm for Eleven, the culture of online gaming was able to take root in Japan and the console gaming market. I feel nothing but gratitude for all of you who have continued to love Eleven for such a long time, including those who are taking a break from their adventures, and of course those who are still active in the world of Vanadil. Thank you all very much. It's interesting.
1: Is Eleven truly the first time that like MMOs and online games took off in Japan?
2: I don't think so. I think Fantasy Star Online too. Which was a Dreamcast console MMO. Well, he, had some popularity. He said it was able to. But when take did that root. release?
0: He said take oh. root that a game exists doesn't necessarily. I think Eleven was like one of the first massive online MMOs in, in Japan. Also, Fancy how many Star people? Had...
2: One, sorry, I was going
1: to say how many people had a Dreamcast. Uh, two
2: thousand was when that came out. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Fancy Star
0: Two was only one two there.
1: years
2: previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Remember, this was eleven on. It was both on PC and PlayStation 2. So oh, it was this a, was like it's a, a
2: cultural revolution. To, yeah.
0: Um, and of course, the first Final Fantasy MMO. So I mean, that it had a big pull. EverQuest two. Oh yeah, I don't know. how Yeah, was it that? I don't that, know. Was after, no, that was
2: after. That was two thousand. Oh yeah,
0: remember? Remember, eleven came well, out I mean. in two thousand two. Chat. So yeah, this Everquest is an old two thousand four hmm So, okay. Uh, Matsui says, is there anything you'd like to say as the leader of Creative Business Unit 3? Yoshida says, Final Fantasy XI's development and operations specialists are con- continually working to ensure that players can continue to enjoy the 20th anniversary and beyond, which has my full confidence. What I can do now, as the head of Creative Business Unit 3, is to do my utmost to keep the world of deal going as long as possible. Whether that be years, months, or even days longer. You should have done that in the other way, in the other order, I think, to make it sound less <laughs> scary. Years, months, or even days. <laughs> Creative... Maybe been <in> minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Creative Business Unit 3 as a whole will be maintaining it as a place where you can always come back to... Uh, come back to or continue to stay so I hope you'll continue to enjoy deal from here on out as well I've also told the CEO that as long as Creative Business Unit 3 remains profitable Eleven will keep going for a while even if it goes into maintenance mode so please continue to enjoy your adventures it's interesting that he brings that up the maintenance mode because um, just like before Yoshi P took over the Creative Business Unit 3 um And before, you know, Raps... Where was it? Was it after Rhapsody's? I don't exactly remember one, but a lot of people were expecting Maintenance Mode to be next. Now it's Mm. more like, we don't know when Maintenance Mode is happening because we're getting new MSQ. There's events. Like, it just feels like eleven has, like, sprung back into life. Like, it's, it's really odd. When I went on, obviously there was a free login campaign, but when I logged on, like, a couple of weeks ago, just to see, there was people everywhere like the world was full of people um which is not what i expect from an mmo that's 20 years old and you know kind of a niche game i would say 11s -hmm. compared to like what wow would you like a remake of dragon quest 10 offline yeah sure yeah i played dragon quest i'm very intrigued i want i think we are i think I think there's going to be a time where we because. play Dragon Quest on speakers because I'm really intrigued by it. But it, mm-hmm. yeah, I would love the to try Dragon Quest 10 offline then. Yeah. obviously. and if they do
2: an 11 offline, mm.
0: honestly, I'd be willing to
1: try oh, yeah. Dragon Quest 10 online if it was in English. Yeah, same, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But um, yeah, if we had an FF11 FF Oh, sorry. One, sorry, I um, misread the that question. would also be good. Would you like a Yes, I would Dragon be intrigued Plus by an
1: 11 online if the gameplay was in some way altered.
2: Yeah. Yes. Um, if the gameplay wasn't altered, I would feel at least that I'm not wasting my money while I play it, or like my... T- cause <laughs> right. I'm paying a subscription to Kill Dingbats here. If I'm not paying a mm-hmm. sub, then it's better.
0: I would love... Yeah, so obviously I would love an eleven offline, but I think a better idea, and I feel like he almost brought it up when he talked about the monthly subscription, is to just combine eleven and fourteen subscription. Oh yeah, just Mm -hmm. make eleven a part of fourteen sub. It can't cost any more. No. And then I'll play it. Maybe they'll have like an additional. Maybe they'll keep the character fee just so that you have like it's kind of like adding a retainer. Like, you just, mm-hmm. if you want to play Eleven, you have to pay for the character. Maybe that's one way to, like, accumulate a little yeah. bit of income for Eleven to keep it running. I only but... tried
2: that once when they you could get an EverQuest 1 and 2, and Vanguard and Matrix mm-hmm. Online, and I think that they had a Marvel one or something, mm-hmm. all under one sub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah.
1: I do sincerely think they need to create some way to archive Eleven once it enters oh. maintenance mode, and eventually, once it goes offline, because it is Eleven and fourteen are mainline Final Fantasy titles. If they, are be- if it was eventually a day where you would be unable to play them, that would be very unsatisfying and quite sad, actually.
0: Yes,
2: yes, it I would. agree, and I would hazard that that needs to happen sooner than later, rather than this. Oh, it'll be well, you, I
0: think you can rest assured because, um, and we do not obviously condone this, but there are—if uh, you talk to anyone who's played Eleven, you know that there are like people that have private servers. So the yes. games are preserved in like actual like. If Eleven went offline tomorrow, someone will have the yeah. server fully functional, which isn't
2: the case for. Some well, because especially like mm-hmm.
0: fourteen, like Yoship talked about, like they've made it in a way where you will there you will always be missing one part of how it works. I don't even know how servers like <laughs> like that work, but apparently it's very complicated. You you don't get the information. I think eleven mm-hmm. literally just throws all the server info at your client, and that's how they've been able to mm-hmm. like reverse engineer it. I think, um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of MMOs don't do that. 14 included so mm-hmm. um, it never
1: happened but i'm still very much pro the idea of like a museum where you can go to where you can just explore old mmo worlds mm,
0: ah, feel, but the know, problem is you would re- yeah you
1: yeah. would require the cooperation of the companies that made those that's true games. Mm-hmm.
0: that is true but a lot of uh, i think a lot of the older games it, it will be possible because a lot of those games have a lot of those game companies are gone like a lot of the early mmo companies just gone they they died when their their main golden goose died so you know those mm-hmm. would probably be possible but i have a feeling that's going to happen one day we're going to get mmo museums gone i think Wildstar. rip
2: vanguard oh. side of harris rip mm. uh there was an mmo where you could be a dragon rip i can't even remember what that one was called myth of soma no
1: what of those lovely MMOs. That
2: it, you
0: oh, this
2: with? was
0: it. Estaria. Uh oh, God, oh, uh maybe not actually. I'll Al- Al- oh, it. Have we played some old MMOs? They were still running. Though. Oh, yeah, I was going to
1: say what were those lovely games MMOs. that you played on dead MMOs?
2: <laughs> Myth was the name of it. Like, Skies of Icarus was or something. Was it Albion? No, Albion's a decent when well, No, wasn't an okay, it wasn't Albion. It
0: was it was some. It was like a wow N- knock off i think yeah yeah we played we played some weird ones anyways that is uh the end of uh, we discuss Vanadil uh part four and that is the mm-hmm. we discuss vanadeel interview with yoshi p um happy birthday again to uh 11 even though it's been a while since that happened mm-hmm. um yeah We're that's a
1: year it. away from the realm reborn 10 year anniversary
0: yeah god it's true it's been uh been a oh, it's been a while well that's uh, as long yeah. as the in-game time
1: that happened between the calamity and a realm reborn
0: that's also true makes you realize how little like five years is like how uh, for all that to be reconstructed in just five years like half the time oh, yeah. it took us to get here mm-hmm. um yeah okay well that's it everyone uh thanks for watching remember that on friday july 1st we will be having a 12-hour stream covering the live letter and then lots of other stuff um happening along the way including a lala run i mean we always do the lala run for 12-hour streams so make sure you Mm -hmm. tune into that that is at noon bst 11 sorry uh 1 p.m central european time 4 a.m eastern 7 p.m Pacific uh, all right that's it we'll see you in the poster if you're watching live remember to follow on Twitter at speakersXav twitchtv TV/ youtubecom speakers exclamation discord in chat if you're watching on demand links in the description remember to send us mogmail at speakersexav.com/ mogmail uh, and if you're watching live post shows coming up see you there goodbye You've just listened to an episode of Speakers of Eidolon, produced by Speakers Network. Producer for this episode was Lukil Bravestone. Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy XIV is a registered trademark of Square Enix Holding Company Limited. If you would like to support the show, consider pledging to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash speakersxiv, or buy some merch at teespring.com stores slash speakersxiv. Link to both of these sites, as well as our Discord server, is provided in the episode description. Thank you for listening to this Speakers Network production.